Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast. My name is Amit Ben. Rate, review, subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe there. The channel is popping off these days. People are seemingly enjoying the content. So go there. Subscribe, make me look good. Make Yasmin right here with me, joining me to talk about some stuff. Make her look good too. Lots of good stuff up there. We're going to be continuing to make great stuff throughout the offseason and into next season. So, Yasmin, hello. How's it going? Pretty good. Pretty good. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm down to talk trade rumors, trade slop, as NBA <laughs> fans call it. Crazy times, man. Um, when this whole thing started with Kevin Durant, that's what we're going to talk about, people, by the way. It's Kevin Durant, Scotty Barnes, trade proposals, who's in, who's out, DeAndre Ayton. It's kind of that thing. So now you know. When it first came up, I thought it was a joke. Really? Like I, I thought this could not be serious because Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant. Why would the Toronto Raptors? Like I, It's strange that I'm seeing Raptor fans get really confident that Katie's going to become a Toronto Raptor because I'm not used to it. Like I we're supposed to be in limbo at all times and people are so confident. Like I was confident that the Raptors were going to beat the 76ers. I just thought that it was going to happen based off of what we saw in the regular season. Then like three players go down in game one and all of a sudden like, okay, well, here we go. Joel Embiid hits a winner and the Raptors are going home, but the overconfidence it's making me kind of eerie about all of it. You know? Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I think it's the um, residual championship glow still lingering <laughs> years later. Um, but yeah, I know what you mean. It's It was only last night I was thinking about it and I'm like, this isn't really like a lot of it is just the confidence we're feeling. Yeah. Um, right now, the way things are primed, it looks like he's going to be a son, you know, um, and however complicated it it's going to be mm-hmm. um, in terms of how they're going to orchestrate it. It just seems like he's, um, destined to be a son. It's his preference right now. Um, and we know that that goes a long way in a player driven league. Mm -hmm. Um, I did read from Michael Grange, I think in his piece that, um, he, he mentioned that it's kind of in the tea leaves that he's open to the idea of, uh, playing in Toronto. Um, and I think it'll come down to perhaps, the front office um, asking the Nets for permission to speak to Durant, because I think Mm -hmm. under these circumstances, they might grant it. Um, And in that case, maybe they can make a case for themselves. I, of all, you know, the superstars, I think that Katie is um, kind of, he does have kind of a bit of a relationship to the city, grew up enjoying the team, has always been um, open about how much he admires um the system here in toronto and he is you know he's close with drake too (laughs) so i think that's worth mentioning um but uh yeah i think the way things look to me i think i think fans should expect him to be a son Mm. but i feel like this is also going to come down to the wire because in order for the sons to seamlessly get this done it's going to take a lot of moving parts like a lot of moving parts um redirecting a in 
then yeah. sending those uh whatever compensation he yields to the nets and then um even then the nets can't you know hit the um the, i think they're in the tax or something like they, yeah. they, they, they there's a lot of money that they have to um they have to really mm. keep an eye on their cap sheet so it does limit them from doing a lot of things and you got to wonder what Aiton wants to do as well because he does have the um, right to prioritize his payment and his compensation, you know. So, sure. yeah, it's just, someone mentioned that um, after if if one piece falls through, there's going to be a domino effect for the the Suns, and yeah. it might end up destroying their plan. But the Raptors might be there when all it's all said mm. and done with their you know, modest um, proposal to the Nets. So I think that's the most ideal scenario where everything goes wrong for everybody else. Uh And besides there with his, you know, very modest um, uh, package of, you know, preferably OG, Gary Trent Jr. and a host of picks and some salary filler. That's, I think, the most ideal scenario um, in order to retain, you know, the team's um, competitive nature. We'll get into some of the players that the Raptors should be most willing to uh, rid with in the event Kevin Durant does become a Toronto Raptor. It seems like, I mean, Scotty Barnes is reportedly off the table. That came out uh, this morning from a few different uh, few different people saying that um, that would be the reason why probably a trade is not happening, is that obviously the Suns want or the Nets want Scotty Barnes, and they're just like, nope, you you can't have Scotty. And take this for what it is, but Scotty has been spotted across the city on his scooter, and a person who was tweeting about this, again, just take it for what it is, but they asked scotty about you know i don't want you to go anywhere and there's no way you're going to leave and he said facts obviously in circumstances like this at least with scotty barnes considering his youth considering how valuable he is i would think that the raptors would have had a a text a combo with with scotty saying that you're not going anywhere you're going to stay here for 25 years hopefully um so maybe he's that confident and that could be why the trade has not happened yet do you recall when drake got uh, fined for tampering at an ovo concert yeah, yeah, where I think yeah. he brought um, Katie on stage or something. Exactly. Like that. Yeah, I do remember. It was 2016 or something? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Uh, anyways, global ambassador. If he truly cares about the Toronto Raptors and his role as a global ambassador, call him on your cell phone. Call yeah, do what needs phone. to be done. <laughs> yeah, man, this, they're not going to track your cell phone, Drake. Just place a phone call to KD, but it's odd. Actually, I did like a a look back in some of the history and he really does compliment Toronto a lot. He talks about the fans. He's already buried the hatchet on them, you know, cheering when he tore his. He was the first person over it. I feel like we were more mad on his behalf than he was. Exactly. Um, But yeah, KD is, um, he, he has been very open about his um, love for Toronto, has mm. mentioned, I think, was it on the Letterman um, show, the yes. Netflix yes. version, um, that he said that it's literally his favorite place to play in, his favorite city in the NBA to play in. So, Gosh. you know, you can do that 40-something <laughs> times a year, 41 times a year if you want. It's right uh-huh. there. <laughs> When he looks at free agency, and there's another side of this too, that he could be using this as leverage because the reason why this came up, if you don't know people, um, Kyrie Irving, he wanted the Nets to extend Kyrie Irving, give him a a five-year extension. And the Nets were like, no, based off the past few years, his service being in and out of the lineup, they weren't comfortable doing it. And so Katie's like, all right, fine. Then you're going to trade me. It could just be that, that he's just saying, you know, I, 
I want it because of this, but it could just be a leverage thing. Like make it, make me a, a really good team or give Kyrie an extension or yeah, I'm going to going to walk who knows, because they're still going about their business. They're adding players to their roster. And actually if they're fully healthy and Kyrie and Katie there, it's not a bad team, right? Um, ben Simmons is going to be healthy perimeter def- defense. They brought in Royce O'Neal. I mean, it's not a bad looking team. They could do something in the uh, Eastern conference. Yeah. I, I was going to say that, um, uh, everything remaining the same for the Nets is also like very viable, a very viable um, path sure. for them. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if everyone stayed put, or at least if they mm. extended this out into the season, which uh, that's the thing. If this goes on for long enough, then the suns, it becomes more complicated for them mm-hmm. because of, um, eight in situations. So yeah, that's just another issue. I think they have until December or something, or they would have to hold on to Aiden until December until exactly. he's um, able to be traded or something like that outside of a sign and trade. So, yeah. And considering the complicated nature of a trade of this magnitude, you look back in some of the history, like, you know, Kyrie to the Celtics, that was a complicated deal. It, it happened in late August. Kawhi to Toronto, that was mid-July. There's going to be so many moving parts to this. I don't think we should reasonably expect this to happen, you know, over the course of the week. Summer League's here. Maybe there's going to be a way that they have some face-to-face conversations, but it could take quite some time. And also, the asking price seems to be changing, too. Before, it was draft picks, draft picks, draft picks. Now, Brian and Windhorse, again, take it for what it is. He's saying that the, the Nets are looking for players over picks in that Kevin Durant deal because they want to remain competitive because all their draft picks for the future are the Houston Rockets. So they're looking like they're saying, screw it, let's just try and win games. And so now they want all-star caliber players. Like it, the target's constantly yeah. changing. I think that is important to remember. Like, good thing that you brought up Windhorse because yeah. I think that fans need to remember that these um, uh, visible members of the media that we see on, um, you know, television on the, on the, on the main programs, um, they are like mouthpieces for they, Mm -hmm. they, their source, they convey um, the message of their sources. So whether they intend to or not, it's a negotiating tactic as well. (laughs) You know, they're publicly communicating in ways that are, um, you know, legal in the CBA. So Mm -hmm. um, for when you hear these opposing, um, uh, viewpoints from reputable sources like Windhorse, uh, Woj, Shams, they're all saying different things. It's its a part of the negotiating process and they all have sources in different camps. Yeah. So um, this is their way of communicating um, in a way that wouldn't get anyone in trouble or fined. So mm-hmm. um, when you, when we hear, um, I think Windhorse said that the, um, was he the one who mentioned that the rap? There's no, oh, I think it was Fisher, Jake Fisher, that said that the Raptors have no intention of trading Scotty yeah, this morning. He said that this morning. Um, Windhorse also mentioned that um, uh, Aiden has been speaking to t- teams about um, where he could end up. And mm-hmm. you have Sham saying that the Warriors are in this. <laughs> like, so, so you have like they a just whole... sent a text. The Warriors sent a text saying, <laughs> I mean, you can come here if you want, bro, or you decide not to. That's also fine. It's up to you. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's all, it's all of these, uh, there are a lot of, um, there are a lot of agendas. So um, the the process of negotiating is it happens over the course of time, but also it transforms leverage changes constantly. I think someone mentioned that even the Kawhi deal almost fell through at certain points and then, you know, picked up and then Mm. then it snowballed and then it was completed. So it's, 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 it's almost alive. Like it's constantly changing. So uh, we can expect to have, um, these up and down days um, on certain fronts. 
according to the Nets and what Brian Windhorst is saying today, the deal actually could end up looking like the Kawhi deal because that was DeRozan, it was Pirtle, and it was Pick. So that could actually be what KD ends up being, maybe a little bit north of the price because uh, Kawhi's was a different situation and KD is still an incredible player, all that kind of stuff, potentially the best player in the NBA right now. So very different. I, I think some people aren't really sure what to make of betting odds, and I understand that. But you also have to keep in mind that money makes the world go around. And in some ways, when we talk about Windhorse and Woj and Shams and stuff like that, betting these people just have like they're in the they're in they're in the background they're behind curtains they just have certain sources that they're able to use to find out information that not even the most credible people in the nba are able to so when the raptors odds go from like no odds on june 24th to plus 200 now and where they're second tier to potentially getting kevin durant that does mean something and when we think about okay does kevin durant want to be a toronto raptor I think this does mean that in some ways that he's open to it. Like that was the report that he's open to becoming a Raptor. And you read the, all these tea leaves. I think that's very, very possible. He's under contract for four more years. That doesn't mean he's going to be a Toronto Raptor for four years, right? He could just be, you know, there for a few years and we're going to get to some of the reasons why that could be the case for everyone, but don't scoff at the betting odds because they do mean something. Okay. So I'm going to ask you, Yasmin, to put yourself in the shoes of Masai and Bobby. And considering where the Raptors are, there's no question that they have one of the brighter futures going forward. So why are you doing this deal for Kevin Durant? Why would you? Um, basically because in the NBA, there are only a handful of players that have a track record of leading teams to um, whether it be NBA finals or championships. So when you have the opportunity to secure one of them, you're giving yourself a sure thing of at least being able to hit a ceiling or hit a hit that championship ceiling. Whereas when you are a team like, for example, the Boston Celtics, you're betting on the potential of your um, your uh, young pieces. Mm -hmm. So they're both totally fine options to take. But I think that your income you're increasing your odds considerably when you go for players that have already proven themselves at that high of a level. That's why sure. you hear the Celtics considering, you know, mm. um, perhaps trading uh, Jalen to yeah. um, for Durant as well. So they're less likely to do it, obviously, because of how well they've performed um, and being ending up in the final. So it's less likely to happen. But um, so, you know, this is what you do it for. The, the reason why the Raptors train and um, develop their second round picks to become bench players. The reason why they uh, develop their um, low first round picks to become all-star caliber is because they want to accumulate all of these amazing contracts and mm -hmm. talented players to make moves and strike when the iron's hot for talent like Durant. So yeah. um, I think that it's a um, we're seeing it play out. We saw it. We saw how it culminated to trading for Kawhi. We're seeing how it can potentially culminate culminate into trading for Durant. And I think that it's a really good formula to have because you also you give your um your the fan base good high quality basketball to watch, yeah. and you also give them the hope that every few years there's always there's there's no shortage of upset players or you know there's the no NBA. shortage of unhappiness. It's the NBA. Come on. <laughs> You know, like whenever the Raptors hear about someone not happy, like their ears perk up. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's um, really helpful. It's a really great process that they, they uh, kind of um, 
developed here. So I think the issue is that we have a situation with Scotty Barnes, mm-hmm. um, not unlike the Celtics, where you do have that high end talent that you want to hang on your hang your hopes on yeah. and take a chance on because the payoff can be enormous. You know, mm-hmm. you have um, the chance to secure a homegrown talent for almost a decade as a sure thing. And then you have the possibility of, you know, signing him in the future as a free agent, you know, a higher chance after you spent all this time um, investing into him. Yeah. So that's, I think that's the, the situation, but it's like, it's such a good problem to have, <laughs> you know, you hold on problem. to Scotty Barnes, you hold yeah. on to the rookie of the year and you trade for Kevin Durant. I feel like you can't <laughs> really go wrong. I understand yeah. both options. I don't, the Raptors are not going to trade Scotty Barnes, but if they were to, I could talk myself into being all in, you know? Mm. Yeah. I did a pod with the Oren Weisfeld a few days ago, and he expressed the opinion that, you know, he would be open to moving Scotty Barnes and the fan base did not like that. And I sympathize with Oren because I think he was maybe caught in the moment or something. And he just was just thinking about the idea of having Kevin Durant on the Toronto Raptors. Like that's all you got to say. If you're a basketball fan, you're saying I'm going to have Kevin Durant on my Toronto Raptors. Damn that he's 33 years old. Okay. Like, that's fine. He is Kevin Durant, 29 points, seven rebounds, six assists, 51% shooting last season. And that was under an incredible workload. And you think about a player like him and other players of greatness, of his of his kind of greatness, Dirk Nowitzki, when he was 35 years old, he averaged 21 points on 50% shooting. LeBron James this past season, 37 years old, he averaged 30 points a game. You don't do you not think that Kevin Durant's going to be in there as well? He's going to at least average, if he wants to, 28 points, 25, whatever. Or if even if he's like your catch and shoot and then some person, okay? He's so good. Sure, yeah, it's, I, it's, it's like he's unbelievable. I can't even fathom the idea. And also, he's a great defender. He is a center. He can play center for you. Yeah, that's why I don't want to even bring up his age. Yeah, I, I want yeah. to say, you know, he's old, so yeah. it brings down the price. But yeah. if that helps, bring it down. But um, otherwise, uh, he's been playing some of his best basketball. I think that the playoff um, um, breakdown for the Nets was misleading because of you know 100%. the internal issues that they've had. But he's been playing some of his best basketball um, lately, the last couple yeah. of years, period. So yeah. um, I, I'm all in on um, Durant's talent. I think that's I think that's um, not an argument in the yeah. in this situation at all. And, and I think that his game is going to age so well sure. as well. I can see him being just as productive into the future because of how mm. talented of a jump shooter he is, um, because he doesn't really rely on, yeah. um, you know, intense physicality. He's a seven footer doing what he does. You know, that's it, it's, it's what has made him so special, but it's also, I think, what's going to keep him into his late thirties as well. Yeah. He's a majestic basketball player. It's beautiful watching him play. Like you see a person at his height doing crossovers on bigger players, smaller players. Like there's nothing he can't do. Sure. You know, a few of the injuries recently have certainly changed his game. He's skewing more towards jump shots and fadeaways, but guess what? No one can reach his jump shots either. (laughs) He's never going to get blocked. That's why it's such a thing when his jump shot does get blocked. Mind you, Pascal Siakam is one of the only people who's ever blocked one of his jumpers. Just saying, look it up. It happened. Okay. It happened a couple of years ago, but all that's to say is that I was in the boat too, where I, I don't think you can uh, trade Scotty Barnes for, for Kevin. And I don't think I need to say the reasons why, but he's, he's Kevin Durant. This is Scotty Barnes. He won rookie of the year. He took it from Kate Cunningham and Evan Mobley. It was a consensus 
top four and everyone else. Well, Scotty Barnes was the one who won a rookie of the year. So he is him and he's going to be him for, for a very long time. And you could see that with his, his fit in the culture of the Raptors, he could be a Giannis where he's with the Raptors for his entire NBA career. You could definitely see it. And he's going to be good. He's going to be so good. Like, so when we talk about, could he be, you know, a hall of famer? Yes. Could he be a top five in the NBA? Yes. He is that person. Yeah. Is it, Thank you for bringing that up because it's not like a case of charity. Like yeah. if Raptors fans didn't see this in Scotty Barnes, yeah. they would have been the first ones offering him up for Kevin Durant. Yeah, um, it, the reason why people are so hesitant and so reluctant is because he's been so special this season mm-hmm. and they see everything that you expect to see for the first year of a potential superstar. Yeah. Everything you expect you've been, we've been seeing it in Scotty Barnes. So yeah. that, I think that's the reason why. The players that you might put in trading Scotty Barnes for is like Luka Doncic. Um, I don't know who else. Ja Morant. Like there isn't very many. And that's just because that's how good Scotty Barnes is going to be. So I'm fine with that. And the Raptors are in this like very rare position of, you know, the Nets want to play chicken, right? They, they're saying we're going to do this until training camp. The Raptors are like, all right, well, I'm not going to blink either because they don't need to do this trade. The Raptors are like this team where they're already rich and they just found, they were just given a check because, and the check is Kevin Durant. And they're thinking, well, I could, you know, I could take the check. Sure. I, I could do something with this, or I could just, you know, sit in my hands and, uh, to sit on my pile of money and they have all kinds of money. They have all kinds of talent. But then the another way to look at this, if you wanted to is, and I've talked about this on this podcast before, is that they are going to have to make uh, some decisions. In a-, a lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend, but what won't change needing health insurance, United healthcare, tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Couple years, right? Because you got uh, Gary Trent Jr., Fred Van Vliet, they're up for extensions after next season. Then after that, it's OG, Pascal Siakam, and Precious. They cannot afford all of them. It's not possible. There are too many good players, essentially. And so you do have like a two year window here where you could just go off. And that's why I think, you know, when it came to Rudy Gobert and DeAndre Ayton and stuff like this, like the Raptors, I think they realize this that we can't keep everyone. But this upcoming season, we could make some noise, like real noise, if we just get one more piece. And we know their flaws. It's three-point shooting. It's uh, they need a rim protector. That's why Rudy Gobert came up. That, that's why DeAndre Aiden came up. Kevin Durant has all of a sudden come up, and he just – you always try and get Kevin Durant. So I understand why the Raptors would still be in this race. 
Um, and that's why, you know, a lot of teams have probably fallen out of the races because they just can't compete with the Raptors assets. They got way too many. That's why, you know, when Memphis Grizzlies, I'm sure they would like, you know, a Kevin Durant, he's a pretty seamless fit. They're in a similar spot with the Raptors that they got a lot of young players, but there's a reason why they're not on the table right now. It's just like the Nets, Suns, Heat and Raptors, because I think that would mean that, that those are the teams that, you know, a are able to you know compete from an assets point standpoint, and also those are the teams that Kevin Durant would be willing to go to. So you factor that all in, all that in, and the Raptors don't need to make a move. They don't need to be disengaged in trade talks, but they can just hang around and they can see where this goes. Because I mean, as much as the Nets want to play chicken, their expiry on this is heading toward first is coming first before the Raptors. Like if Kevin Durant says, "I want out," like make it happen now, they're gonna have to make a trade and. The best offer might be what the Raptors is, and who knows what it is. But that's something to think, keep in mind, is that the Raptors can be very patient in this process, and we'll see who blinks first. Yeah, it, yeah, it's interesting because I, I sometimes wonder in these situations how much weight um, uh, a player's demands hold yeah. in a team where he's not leaving on good terms, technically. Mm. Um, and it's about the franchise's future. So how do they weigh these components? How do they get the best yield while also um, keeping him happy? And mm. if the Suns, um, if the Suns were such a sure thing, I feel it would have been done already, yep. you know. Um, but I think that because they're making it such a public show to see yeah. all their options, I wonder if perhaps they're just looking for the best option for them and hey Katie can you tolerate this franchise would you be okay here yeah. rather than is this your I because this is not a choice number one choice number two choice number three situation um I think he made his preferences known but then um they're going to be constantly communicating with him in order to you know facilitate the process right and there's a provision that's uh, complicating this a little bit. And I think um, a few people have talked about it, but I'll just outline essentially what it means. It's uh, it's called players who are on designated rookie max extensions. And so you can only have two of these players who were acquired through trade, or sorry, only one of these players on your roster that you acquired through trade. You can have two of them that you drafted, but you can only have one of them if you are trying to bring in players who are you're on the rookie max, ex max extensions. And the Nets already have one. It's Ben Simmons. So when it comes to DeAndre Ayton, and it, apparently, you know, the Nets aren't that keen on Ayton anyways, but they can't have Ayton and Ben Simmons on their roster. Something the NBA did to avoid, you know, super teams getting together once, you know, LeBron James and and D Wade and Chris Bosh all got together and started creating havoc in the NBA. They put all these in because they wanted to avoid that and create uh, some a balance in the NBA structure and create some more parity. And I think they've actually done that. So I like that uh, provision. It's actually complicating things. So <laughs> the, the Nets and Suns can't just do a pretty seamless deal. And when you look at the top six players um, that the Raptors have, Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Bleet, OG Ananobi, Precious Achua, Trent, Gary Trent Jr. You could put a few of those players in a, in a couple of picks, and that's a pretty good deal for anyone. The Nets want to play hardball. That's fine. But most teams would take any, any two of those players. And so my question to you, Yasmin, um, because it's easier to do something like this versus, you know, doing trade proposals. It's just those are kind of murky. Stack rank the top six you'd be the most hesitant to put into a trade for Kevin Durant, factoring in their value uh, today and also what it could mean for, you know, future 
Raptors playoff hopes and championships. So in the event that uh, they were to get Kevin Durant. Um, looking at the list, I think that the order I see right now, so Barnes, Siakam, Ananobi, Van Vliet, Trent, Achua. The only things I would change is Achua and Trent. So I would have Trent as the most tradable. Yeah. Um, he is going to be, I think he's on a two-year, right? So there's one more year left before he's uh, expecting a, um, a after next contract. Season. After next season. Yeah. Him. So, um, yeah, in terms of that, and also I think that his skill set, as a three and D guy is he's so talented, but it's also, mm. I think the more, the more replaceable skill set. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think the guys that are ranked above him on the team have things that skills that are more difficult to replace. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so Barnes would be the most untradeable for me followed by Siakam. I think that if you're trading for a talent like KD, you need a proven uh, number two option mm-hmm. in Pascal um and you know considering his improvement since the championship season like just imagine how good he would be now alongside a superstar so if he was able to do that as his first year as an nba starter yeah imagine now after so many years practicing as a number one guy leading the team to 48 wins to you know um the postseason and all of that good stuff so Mm. um yeah so and then um in the middle of the pack you have van fleet so no one's really talking about it, but I think that he can be looked at as um, potentially a, a, an option in any trade proposals. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not saying that his skill set is replaceable or anything, but yeah. um, I do think that because this team has um, uh, big men in um, Scotty Barnes and Pascal who mm. are great um, facilitators, who are great mm. um, at running point, it makes it very interesting. Like, who knows if um, the team would be comfortable yeah. with Scotty at point guard. So it, it makes things, um, uh, it, it, it will give us a lot of indication in the direction of the team. And they've been yeah. so adamant about this vision of having larger players who have varied skill sets at the same time, you know, who knows what the direction they take is, but yeah, that's, that's, that's um, how I rank them. Yeah. Uh, very similar for me. There's a, f- a few things that might be a little bit different, but I had uh in order of you cannot trade this person to we can be traded uh scotty barnes pascal siakam i had fred third og anobi presta chu and gary trent jr i put i put fred third only because if we're looking at trying to win an nba championship um i think he has a lot of value um in the intangibles aspect uh he is the person who will have that conversation in a timeout and i don't think KD or Pascal Siakam, he's learning about this, but he's not necessarily a vocal leader yet, but Fred is, and he's been doing it for a few years. He's your steady Freddie. He's already done it in big moments. He is the person who's going to hit the big free throw, who's going to, you know, corral a loose ball in those clutch moments. He just has a lot to offer a championship roster. And that's what you're trying to build in the event you get Kevin Durant, like you immediately flick the switch and all of a sudden you're eight, nine guy. It can't be, you know, Justin Champagne and Delano Banton, right? It has to be other players because you need championship caliber players. That's why Otto Porter Jr. So excited that he's a, a Raptor. And then, um, OG, I mean, he's obviously like very hard to part with. He hasn't reached his ceiling at all. And there's still so much he's going to be able to learn over the next few seasons and all that. But his uh, his offensive game still needs to some refining. He's still working on that. And obviously, Pascal, he's closer to becoming a number one. And we already know he's been 
a number two already. And I mean, Pascal, like who knows what he's going to look like next season. I think he's about, you know, he's going to in the lab now. He's vowed that he's going to become a better three-point shooter. I have no reason to believe that he will not become a much better three-point shooter. And so you think of Scotty Barnes, Pascal Siakam, and Kevin Durant. I am more comfortable with those skill sets than if you were to put Pascal or OG Ananobi in there instead of Pascal. I think you just have more versatility. You have more uh, offense and you're still maintaining, obviously, your your defense. OG is an incredible defender, could be all defense one day, but um, you're also gaining Kevin Durant. And so the skill sets are kind of similar. And another reason why you want to make sure that uh, you have a point guard and point guards are still very valuable in the, in the NBA, small players, shooting guards, uh, six foot two players, screen navigation, uh, hitting threes. Fred's obviously probably the, well, I guess not to <laughs> Kevin Durant's a different story, but uh, he's a very good three-point shooter and he's going to be able to be a, a great catch and shoot player in that uh, in that aspect if it's needed. And then afterwards, Precious Achua, Gary Trent Jr. Obviously Gary is probably the most tradable asset, but uh, I'm not going to sleep on his potential. I think he's got, um, as he learns about how, his skill set is going to translate to the NBA and where he's most effective. I think he's going to learn about that. He's not the most athletic player, but if he bulks up a little bit, do some pushing around of players in the post, um, maybe he could actually become like a more of a, a three level scorer than we had originally anticipated. But the, the Raptors having all these players on their roster is so damn impressive. I got to say, and they're all in good contracts. Yeah, I think that's what ha- what has helped them so much, even with the drop the odds. Yeah. Um, I, I find that um, a lot of NBA fans just haven't watched the Raptors. I can't even blame them. They just don't have access to the games a lot of the yeah. time. Um, so they're not familiar with all of the pieces on the team that people value so highly. That's why mm-hmm. they're surprised when people like Fred Van Vliet get All-Star yeah. or Pascal get All-NBA because they're just not familiar with their games. But coaching is, scouting is, other teams' front offices are, yep. which is why you're always going to hear their names in these discussions because um, the teams that interact with them regularly, um, especially um, our Atlantic Division rivals mm-hmm. <laughs> in the Nets, are very familiar with their game. They've been playing um, uh players like they've seen OG dominate against them. They've seen um, Gary and Pascal have their way um, against them four times a year. So Hmm. final question. What if the Raptors just said, screw it to Kevin Durant and they turn all their attention to Deandre Ayton. What are your thoughts on him on the Raptors and what he could contribute and uh, how much he would elevate their ceiling next season? Because again, this is about executing on your, window that you have right here. Draymond Green famously said some of the best teams in NBA history were built on bad contracts. Now the Raptors don't have bad contracts, but they have a lot of players who are about to become very expensive. So in some ways, maybe they are bad contracts in, in quotes, but it's only because they're still early on in their, in their uh, NBA careers. So they're about to get very expensive, but right now they're a lot cheaper. You got a window here. So what are your thoughts on adding DeAndre Aiden? How much do you think that changes uh, the outlook of the Raptors? Um, Aiton is a great way for them to consolidate the contracts you mentioned. Um, you mentioned how you just can't have too many players that are uh, talented and well-paid simultaneously yeah. in the future, and they're all coming up for money in the um, uh, you know uh, consecutive years. So he would be a good way, but again, I think that it's not just the Raptors, but it's most of the teams in the league have issue with um, maxing uh, centers in general. Mm-hmm. It's just you don't see it too often. Sure. Um, so I think that has been the son's hesitancy to pay him. I think that's been the basis for it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Aiton is, he's really talented. 
but a lot of it has to do with playing alongside Chris Paul. Mm. I'd be more comfortable if we did have Larry, but you know, Fred is you know documented as having um, some issues with um, uh, maxing his uh, centers in the pick and roll you know it's no secret he does have issues with mastering you know that pick and pop or the pick and roll pass so sure that bounce pass has never um been too natural for him whereas you have chris paul who like lowry just brings out the best in the centers they kind of become an extension of him an extension of the smaller guy so um because of that it it becomes less it becomes less of a necessity to me um but I, I kind of, I understand why um, fans would be looking to Ian, but I just, I'm not too moved by it. I would understand if they did it because of the financial yeah. aspect, but then again, you don't want to overpay him so that he still becomes a um, viable trade piece for the future. Mm-hmm. So he's 23. He averaged 17 and 10 last season on 60% shooting. But as you said, CP3, one of the best pick and roll point guards in NBA history, certainly helped him a lot. He did have some incredible performances um, against the New Orleans Pelicans in the playoffs and some uh, great ones against um, the Dallas Mavericks too. But you're right. You're, you're banking on a player reaching the ceiling of being max caliber when you're not really sure necessarily if he's going to get there. And you think like, his tools are there. Like he's going to be, um, I think he has a lot more to offer offensively, um, especially in like isolation. I think it's all, I think it's there. Mid range is there. I think he's got a three point shot that could, uh, could potentially be exposed in the, with the Raptors. Um, the Phoenix Suns didn't really play out style. They didn't really want him to be taking those shots, but there have been times in his career where he has in the bubble, especially the shot looks good. And I think he's going to be able to extend to that range, but is he max worthy? It's really hard to say. And now that you got Christian Coloco, um, I, I'm reluctant to make this move now. I just want to see Christian in summer league. Actually, I want to see how close he is to being um, like NBA ready. You don't want to rush him, but between the players that the Raptors already have, and if they're going into next season with the six players that we're talking about, that is their top six. That's still very good. And they're going to have that versatility to be like a switchy kind of style. They can do some drop coverage with, you know, Ken Birch, if, how i mean see what his role is going to be but maybe christian coloco could actually be the player that they bring in for like 10 15 minutes and he just has like a very minimal role like you are working in drop coverage you're not switching on to point guards or anything like that you are just being your seven five wingspan be huge be massive run the floor catch lobs grab dunks chill in the dunker spot grab offensive rebounds like and that could be all the raptors need they're that close to being an incredible team and their flaws like i said earlier three-point shooting and rim protection. If Coloco could mask some of their rim protection issues, everyone elevates through three-point shots. I'm sure, I'm sure that was on the docket for every single player on the Raptors. Some of their issues could be figured out, and they're, then they're already uh, prepared to make another step in, uh, in the Eastern Conference, and then you don't have to put all this money into a DeAndre Ayton. And I would rather maybe you retain some of your, your current assets, you know, you maybe put some money aside for a few different players because you know, you're going to get really expensive um, or things are going to get uh, pretty expensive in a few years. So I'm not sure if I feel how I feel about Aiden actually on the, yeah. depending, on, depending on the money. And he wouldn't really even solve the rim protection issue because mm-hmm. um, he, he is a great rebounder, but he's not really like off the ground, like a, a classic rim. He's not, he's not like um, Clint Capella when it comes to rim protection. So yeah um he I'm not sure he'd even solve that particular Mm -hmm. issue like they would they would be better the floor might get smaller 
uh, which I don't know if I want for the Toronto Raptors. It's (laughs) already pretty small. (laughs) It's already damn small. Like I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't know how that would uh, turn out. So I don't even know where the, the rumors are kind of coming from. Like, I, I don't, I just, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. Uh Um, Gobert made sense because he brought the rim protection in addition to the rebounding. So Mm. it it, it just, yeah, it just doesn't really make too much sense. I would, I just, I'm right now I'm kind of expecting the team to look the same heading into (laughs) preseason. So Mm. um, outside of uh, a last minute trade for KD, I don't see them doing anything like that. I, yeah. uh, they, there is totally fine for them to wait until next off season to do this consolidating yeah. and to, um, or even before the trade deadline to, sure. you know, they're in no rush. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and if they decide like, assuming maybe they don't make any moves, you know, Kevin Durant goes wherever he's going to go. Uh, Deandre Aiden goes somewhere else. Now you get to the trade deadline and you could have uh, Gary Trent Jr.'s expiring contract. You could trade that for an asset. I looked at this upcoming season as like development year 2.0. That was my goal. But then, you know, Kevin Durant decided to request a trade and everything kind of changed. But if the Raptors did nothing, like I think the fan base should be comfortable with that because of everything we've already outlined, you know? Yeah, if it means we keep Scotty, I think fans will be fine. Oh. <laughs> if it came to that down to that, I think like 90% of the fans would be like, all right. Where in the world is Scotty Barnes? That's what it is now. He's on a scooter. He's just traveling around the city. He's making friends yeah. everywhere. <laughs> People, everyone's just like, yeah, I just saw him go down the road. Oh, yeah. Just like, we need more footage. Like, what is this kid up to? And he's he, he tends to try and keep a low profile. But when you're like damn near seven feet on a scooter, and probably like pretty flashy clothing. I'm sorry, bro. You're going to stick out. People are going to recognize yeah. you. <laughs> You'll be seen in the shopper's drug mart. Yeah. Over the aisles uh, on top of that. Like they will see his head <laughs> on the other aisle. I love it. He's, he's just chilling in Toronto. I thought he was going to go to Summer League. He actually said on one of his Twitch uh, streams that he was going to be going to Summer League. But I guess he, he decided not to. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, when does it begin? The twelfth, I think. A couple of days. Yeah, the Raptors' first game mm-hmm. is on Saturday. Oh, the eighth, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the ninth. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I can't wait to see Coloco play. Um, I'm really oh, excited. Man. His the footage that I've been seeing has been great. He propaganda, is seven propaganda, feet. Propaganda. Seven feet, which yeah. is insane. <laughs> Very unfamiliar. <laughs> um, so yeah, like yeah, we have something to look forward to. I think people are going to be surprised how tall he is based off the Raptors roster that we we saw last season, they're going to be like, oh, so he's a little bit taller than Ken Burch. No, man, he's a lot taller than Ken Burch. And then you see him put his arms up and now he looks like Godzilla. I swear. Like, he is a huge human being. Huge. Yeah, I'm excited for him. Um, I've certainly like done my part in spreading a lot of propaganda about him, but all I'm doing is sending out clips. You guys decide what you want to do with it. Like, all I'm showing you is, hey, this is him making some jump shots. If you decide that he is... Serge Ibaka, then okay, fine. Um, sure, it's up to you. Uh, I'm going to have my own thoughts, but I think there is certainly something um, very intriguing about Christian Coloco and the Raptors had him uh, as like the 20 to 25th best prospect and they got him at 33. Not bad. And obviously the Raptors have uh, pretty good scouting. I would imagine that he's going to probably be creeping up when we look back at like mock drafts from this year. I think he's going to be pretty high up there in a couple of years. I would think. Yeah, um, I think it was Bobby Webster who mentioned that he was even when they had their first round pick, it was a player they were keeping their eye on regardless. Yeah. Um, and I, 
I usually don't believe front offices when they say that, but I'm inclined <laughs> to believe in because he kind of just checks all the boxes. He was yeah. he's a four year player, right? Uh-huh. Uh, four year player um, uh, ha- is has a relationship with Masai already. Had yeah. a really um, is you know met Pascal. Um, it, 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 all when you consider all the things, like yeah, I would believe <laughs> that yeah. he would be, he would have been their sure. late first round sure. pick as yeah. well. And if anyone didn't catch it, I did a chat with Raphael Barlow, who is an NBA draft uh, expert, and he spoke to uh, Christian Coloco after he had done his combine. And that's where he shot, I think, like 16 to 25 from three. And uh, at the time, Christian's like, yeah, I mean, I can I can shoot threes. It wasn't really my role uh, at Arizona. That's not what they wanted me to do. They wanted me to you know, be a DHO, run the floor kind of guy. It's like, but I've been working on my three-point shot nonstop. I'm working on my jumper all the time. I'm taking a thousand shots a day. That's what he said. I'm taking a thousand jumpers a day. How, so um, all of you, again, I mean, propaganda, but he's, he's working on developing his, his game. And if now you have like this seven foot wingspan center, who's shooting threes and running the floor and grabbing boards and catching alley-oops, holy smokes. There's not that many centers in the NBA who are doing that, like that, uh, like Christian Coloco. So we will see what happens. If you were curious about the summer league roster, I did just record a podcast with Katie Heindel, who will be going to Vegas. So you can check out her content. She'll be making some stuff for, for us. And also you can, it's a little bit of a preview of what's to come for some of these players. We talked about Christian Glovo, uh, Ron Harper, Jr. Champagne, Delano Banton, yada, yada. So check that out. But Yasmin, uh, thank you so much. What do you got uh, coming up? Anything interesting? Yes, I will definitely be um, perhaps writing something if we, whether or not we end up <laughs> uh, making any uh, big trades, definitely going to be doing some yeah. content heading into um, the new season and also be sure to check out the Dishes and Dimes podcast. I just recorded an episode with Samson Folk about uh, trade rumors, which is not, you know, content i'm too familiar with <laughs> so we were trying our hand at gossiping um with, uh, so it, it's it's pretty interesting we discuss um you know towns um getting another center alongside him with gobert and brogdon to the celtics as well yeah that's going to be an interesting thing to watch towns and gobert <laughs> wow okay everyone thanks for listening hope you enjoyed it great review subscribe um youtube subscribe there as well have fun We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Yasmin. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.